of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan. And this is the podcast talking exclusively animation springing from the world of comic books. Thank you for joining us for episode 41 and welcome to the show. Before we get into it, I briefly will explain the rules. Number one, comic book animation. I say it every week. You should know that by now. Number two, big fan of DC Comics presents Brave and the Bold, Marvel Team-Up, Marvel 2-in-1, all the old team-up comic books. So this is a team-up podcast. Every week, me and a special guest talking comic book animation. And third, and most importantly, we got to have fun. Like I said, this is episode 41. We're going to get right into it. This week, we're going to discuss... The one that started it all, some argue the greatest superhero of all time. He's faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, the man of steel, Superman. Before we get into it, without further ado, I'm bringing my guest on. This is his first solo appearance on the multiverse, the man too hot for social media. Please welcome Mike to the show. How you doing? It took 40 episodes. <laughs> 41 episodes for me to be called on. A guy that you grew up with, a guy that you've known forever, 41 episodes. Well, to be fair, you were on the uh, year-end episode. I was on the year-end episode with a couple of ham and eggers, and that doesn't really qualify. They were, they were bringing you down? They were bringing me down, both of them, especially that Francis Mackey guy. Wow. Today we are talking the man who started it all, Superman. Superman, my favorite superhero of all time. Not so much right now, but we won't go into that. <laughs> all right. Before we get into it, uh, I do want to always throw out a disclaimer. We are not necessarily Superman or comic book experts. We're just two guys who like talking comic books, like talking animation. What is it about the Man of Steel that initially appealed to you? Uh, everything from being powerful to being a guy that's on the side of right, trying to do the, you know, the right thing, trying to be wholesome, the whole cast of characters in Superman universe. Um, Superman has a lot of good qualities that I wish more people had, honestly, back in the day. All right. We're not going to get into the whole history of Superman per se, because I've done that on previous episodes. We'll say he was uh, created by Jerry Seigel and Joe Schuster. Back in 1938, he is the first official superhero. There have been people like the Shadow, Green Hornet, and things like that, but he is the the guy who started the superhero genre, the superpowers, and he's been an American icon pretty much ever since. I like Superman so much that I honestly, I have probably 60 t-shirts of Superman at the house and hoodies, and I actually have a whole room full of Superman items. I like the stuff from the older stuff, obviously, better than the newer stuff, but that's that's where I lie with Superman. All right, and we're going back to 1988 for Superman cartoon. I remember this, but it had been a while, and uh, 
I wouldn't say I forgot. I forgot about a lot of what have happened on the actual episodes. So it's kind of, I'm kind of excited to go back to, especially something from the 80s. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, 13 episodes? It lasted, 80s. Um, had little shorts at the end when he was a, a kid. A little fan, Superman family album at the end that were kind of cute. And uh, these cartoons are what I think Superman should be like, should be done. This is the third ever animated version of Superman. There's the original ones from the 40s, then the filmation version in the late 60s. Uh, this is also the first ever post-Crisis on Infinite Earth Superman cartoon. So this is the first time that they dealt with Superman animation after they revamped his origin uh, with John Byrne in the late 80s. It's also very Superman the movie. Music's pretty similar, and the way he kind of acts as Clark Kent in the show, and it just reminds me a lot of Superman the movie. That's where they're going. So um, the Ruby Spears Animation Company... Uh, had done this production. Uh, Superman had last been seen in the Super Friends cartoon, which ended three years prior in 1985. Everything I read said they did a kind of a mix of the classic Superman, the Christopher Reeve version of Superman, and the, the new John Byrne post-crisis Superman. Particularly, they have the theme song is pretty awesome. Sounds very similar to the theme song from the films. This also coincided with the 50th anniversary of Superman. I can't believe it's been this many years. I mean, been through the 50, 75. I can't, I can't believe it's been so long. And they keep putting out stuff every, every uh, anniversary, and I keep buying it up. And uh, there's also a uh, live-action Superboy TV show that at the same time was coinciding with the 50th anniversary of Superman. Yes, I, I like that show, even though it's really, really got some... Uh, a cheese factor to it, I guess. But I think the actors who played Superboy were actually spot on. So a little bit of background. Um, Larry Huber was the uh, producer of the show. Uh, like I said, uh, Ruby Spears was the production company. It aired on CBS on Saturday mornings back in 1988. Like you had previously said, it only ran 13 episodes. Uh, the popular opinion of why it did not go longer was it was... It wasn't unsuccessful, but it wasn't massively successful, and the licensing fees were very expensive, and that's why they decided only to not continue beyond season one. Comic book legend Gil Kane had worked on some of the character designs for the show. Marv Wolfman and Sherry Wilkinson were the uh, developers and show writers. Marv Wolfman, obviously from a very famous comic writer, created the Teen Titans, for example. He had written some Superman, Green Lantern, and other characters. Co-created Blade. He says that when Joe Ruby called him, Joe Ruby had no idea he was a comic book writer. <laughs> Why would he call him that? <laughs> said he had worked, apparently Marv Wolfen had worked on some other uh, television and animation projects, and uh, he heard he was uh, good to deal with and uh, productive. Uh, claims that he had no idea he had written comic books. Well, yeah, yeah, that is true. He did work on other live action, uh, animated stuff, I should say. So I guess that makes sense. And also, a little tidbit, uh, Marv Wolfman, as well as me and story editor, he had also wrote some of the episodes. Uh, other comic writers, Steve Gerber and the late Marty Pasco, also uh, had written episodes on this show as well. Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't even remember. It's been a while since I, I saw her. I didn't even remember who the creators were, um, except for Ruby Spears. And I was actually shocked that they actually got somebody who was decent to do these episodes. Um, this is the first time Lex Luthor was no longer a, you know, psychotic mad scientist. Now he was more the, um, industrialist, like 
criminal kingpin type, which is reflected in this cartoon, which I'm not sure worked as well in a cartoon setting as the evil psychotic evil scientist Luthor. I, I don't know. I, I tend to disagree. I mean, Superman, the animated series, he was a tycoon, millionaire tycoon, and same mold of that. He wasn't the crazy scientist. So um, Now, even though John Byrne developed that, supposedly the rumor in Inyendo that Marv Wolfman had actually suggested the idea of changing Luthor in this direction. I think, you know, that stuff fits the crazy scientist thing, fits more for the, the 40s and... 50s and stuff like that honestly they've also tried to pull the he was based on trump thing but i I think that's just retroactive (laughs) nonsense that they've tried to tack on since uh i'm not saying it's not true because i'm not a mind reader and i can't get in the minds of any of the creators but that feels like retroactive uh labeling it seems like it was way too long ago for that type of thing i mean trump was a thing he was uh famous uh back and he was a millionaire but i feel that's more influenced by stuff that happened later now they're retroactively trying to say that's the case yeah it sounds like a bunch of garbage to me but again disclaimer not a mind reader that could very well be 100 percent true so we're gonna review november 5th 1988 the episode is entitled superman and wonder woman versus the sorceress of time what a terrible name for an episode terrible name but actually you know i'm looking forward to watching it so uh, we picked this episode because uh, it's one of the few episodes that has any other heroes from the DCU picked it in, so I thought it would be nice, and I haven't really talked about Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm not going to get into the huge detail of Wonder Woman because I'm saving that for my Wonder Woman episode, but she was created uh, by William Moulton Marston, which he's sole credited, but some of the credit has gone. He was uh, His wife, Elizabeth, supposedly contributed to the creation as well as artist H.G. Uh, Peters as well, but he is fully credited solo for creating Wonder Woman. Yeah, I was a Wonder Woman fan, actually, when I was a kid as well. So, First appeared in All-Star Comics number 8 back in 1941. Really kind of a revolutionary character at the time because there really had been hardly any. I think there's some characters that predate her, but she's really... There weren't very many female superheroes back in 1941. Well, yeah, there was. You know, she was the one that got over the best, I guess. Is what you want to say? And, uh, William Moulton Marston. He was a psych. Both him and his wife were psychologists. They had uh, he had his claim to fame is he had created the polygraph machine. Huge male feminist back when that actually meant something, not like now. And you know, there's a lot of other more adult themes that went into the creation, which are not <laughs> going to get into many of them now. Uh, but they were supposedly in a polyamorous relationship with an Olivia Byrne, who they say also influenced the creation of Wonder Woman. Yeah, let's let's that's probably uh, you know for a, a different rated show, I would say. I mean, come on, Superman and Wonder Woman versus the Sorceress of Time. That's 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 pretty wordy. Well, you know the villain's going to be you know weak. Come on. So the episode was written by Marv Wolfman and Sheree Wilkinson. Getting a little bit of the uh, the credit on this episode. Uh, obviously, we already discussed who created Superman. He's voiced by a Bo Weaver. He has done voices. He was Mr. Fantastic in the 90s Fantastic Four cartoon. He was the voice of God on Duckman and uh, Octane on the Transformers. I, I love every time there's like a, a roll call of people who've played Superman. I, I kind of hard to justify me saying that people with voices play Superman. I mean, I usually go for the people that have actually acted as Superman in movies. But I mean, I guess you have to credit them. Um, Wonder Woman, uh, we already covered uh, who created her. She's voiced by Mary McDonald Lewis, 
who I believe actually might have voiced Wonder Woman on the very last season of the Super Friends. What was it? The Superpowers and the Galactic Guardians? Was that the name of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's honestly, they, they changed the name so many times that I, I, you know, when I was a kid, I just used to just watch it because it was Super Friends. But every week, they seemed like they were changing the names of these shows. So, And uh, Queen Hippolyta, who was based obviously on the Greek character, but was uh, this version was created by William Moulton Marston and Henry G. Peters actually uh, gets co-credit for that one. Pat Carroll does her voice, who uh, voiced Ursula in The Little Mermaid. Ooh. I guess things you just don't know. <laughs> pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. All right. Without further ado, we are going to watch Superman and Wonder Woman versus the Sorceress of Time and talk about it when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Saturday Rock! Oh, yeah! On CBS, stay tuned for Superman, followed by... From a doomed planet in a distant galaxy to a fantastic underground hideaway, from the fortress of solitude to the bustling city room of the Daily Planet, look up on the screen. It's Superman. Superman, the movie. Rated PG. Now playing. Check newspapers for local listing. Great story. An old wizard teaching kids tricks with cigarettes. Hmm, cigarettes. I don't like the sound of that. Up, up and away! Watch me, kids. One puff and they'll soon be in my grasp. <laughs> if it's a puff you want... again. One thing you can't disguise, kids, the harm cigarettes do to you. That's why I never say yes to a cigarette. Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast... Faster than a speeding bullet... than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, Superman! And we are back, and we just watched Superman cartoon, Superman and Wonder Woman versus the Sorceress of Time. Right off the bat, I gotta say, theme song, incredible. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's right out of the Christopher Reeve movies, you know, it's pretty close. Uh, they, they open with the credits. Uh, the narrator sounds just like the narrator from the Super Friends. I'm going to assume it's the same guy explaining Superman's origin. Great music, great action. Really just kick-ass way to start everything. I, I kind of wish uh, Ted Knight is the voice I always used to love on the old TV shows. I kind of wish he was in, in these cartoons myself. But I think he only was the narrator on the first season of Super Friends, if I'm not correct, and then was replaced after that. Yeah, that's just, he's just had such a great voice for it. And in the uh, opening credits, they do say truth, justice, and the American way. So it's uh, it was still okay to say American way back in 1988. Yeah, I can't understand somebody who tries to protect America when possibly you want to have the American way. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get sidetracked, but I'm going to comment on that. I don't. I have no skin in the game if they change it. I just don't see any scenario where that's ever going to come up where it matters if he says American way or better tomorrow. Like 
Well, when is that ever going to come up that it matters to even bother to change it? I could tell you my honest answer, but it wouldn't be a very good one on, on the air, honestly. All right, we're going to move on. We open on Theramaskia. We're at the the temple with all the Amazons. For some reason, Wonder Woman is wearing a white cloak over her costume. I'm not really sure why. She's a chosen one. That's why. I got to say, Wonder Woman design is perfect, almost exactly like the comics, except her wristbands are blue for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but that's the color they got them, so. I was not a fan of that. So uh, the queen says how they, for eons, have protected the globe of darkness. And uh, it's in a stone box. And she's going to pass the guardianship on the Diana. Um, plus, there's an evil witch, apparently, who's uh, stuck in a giant snow globe. Who, I, I got to say, it was a little confusing if the two are related or they just keep them stored next to each other. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I don't even know where this woman, you know, this witch came from. Cyrene is her name. Yeah, I, I don't know if she's part of... I, you know, the evil part of them, I, I don't know. She's a creation directly of the cartoon. Yeah. So we then go to Superman, who's uh, he's in space. He's got to take care of a giant comet before it destroys Metropolis. This is a pretty awesome scene where he just flies headfirst into the thing and smashes into a bunch of pieces. But that careless Superman, it turns into fragments that go to Earth, one of which specifically to Paradise Island. Yeah, and guess where it ends up? <laughs> smashing the globe and freeing Cyrene from her snow globe trap. Yeah, I mean, this thing is supposed to be so hardcore, but uh, the trap is it's supposed to be so like, you know tight to keep this woman in, but yet a little meteor comes down and breaks it apart. Uh, so she starts shooting fireballs, fire I should say, which uh, Wonder Woman blocks with her bracelets. And then she says that she can conjure the creatures of myth. And then she starts turning the Amazons into trolls. And then she brings a little imp along. Don't forget yeah. that. <laughs> Before we get to that, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're going to say that, but yeah, that. Wonder Woman is desperate to fight this woman, but the queen, her mother, is like holding her back, refusing to let her fight, telling her she has to flee and get help, which seems very un Wonder Woman to me that she's so insistent she can't fight her. Well, it is Superman show. That is true. So uh, she does leave where, and then she turns everyone into Amazons, but. Wonder Woman flies off, says she will return with help. I mean, she turns everybody from Amazons. Too. Yeah, into Amazons. I apologize. Yeah. And then she says, uh, when I get the power of the globe, I will bring back the age of sorcery forever. <laughs> Which, of course, Superman, you know, I was actually shocked that they actually did the Superman magic thing in the show. Yeah, it was, um, they were kind of vague on whether it, because Superman kept saying, we're going to get to this, but he keeps saying things like, his magic makes him so powerful and all. He never actually says the word, I'm vulnerable to magic, but he is vulnerable to magic, so I'm assuming that's what they're trying to get to. It seems like they always make the the real hero of the show weaker than the, the guest hero. Um, Superman always ends up being that way, but I mean, it makes sense with the, the magic part. Obviously. Well, post-Crisis Superman is actually not as powerful as the classic Superman. Right, so right. That does play into this series. She tries to force the queen's palm to open the box. It doesn't work because she's transferred the powers to Diana. So she conjures up three griffins to go track her down. Then she conjures up what might be the best character on the show, the imp. Yes, I, uh, he was pretty uh, entertaining. He's got that weaselly little golem type voice going on. <laughs> He uh, chases all the Amazons into a cell. 
He also says it's been a long time, so apparently this isn't like she's either conjured him before or this is her sidekick. Yeah, they obviously worked well together in the past. Um, so then we switch to uh, Superman who's flying with Lois Lane, so I guess they're already dating at this point. He's showing her the meteor shower because it's so pretty. Lois Lane says how uh, you think you might have just conjured this up specifically for me. Superman's kind of like, maybe I did. You know, I got to say, this whole episode, Superman's pretty damn suave, I got to say. Well, yeah, that's why she's uh, all, when Wonder Woman shows up, she's all jealous. He's a ladies' man. <laughs> yeah, Wonder Woman shows up, and uh, he actually says Wonder Woman, it's been a long time, so establish that this isn't the first meeting of Superman and Wonder Woman. Well, she did choose to, uh, to seek him out, so. Lois says she thought we were having a private conversation. And then Wonder Woman says, that, sorry, it's just an emergency. And Superman's like, what can I do, Lois? It's an emergency. You know? He has to go. <laughs> I, I did like the flying part, though. That reminded me, again, of the Christopher Reeve movie. Exactly. Not that Superman is a uh, two-timer, but what a great excuse it would be if he was. Sorry, Lois, it's an emergency. You know? I mean, come on, it's Wonder Woman. <laughs> By the way, I got to ask. I've never understood why, when Wonder Woman's around, why Superman would go for Lois Lane. Like, Wonder Woman is obviously the all-around the better choice. The heart wants what the heart wants, though. <laughs> I guess you could say that. The guy who uh, stops Cyrene, the Griffin, show up and attack. She uses her lasso. She snags uh, the little straps they're wearing off, which uh, apparently that's what gives them their magic, so they turn into, like, big energy balls. Pretty cool. Superman uses his super breath on one of the Griffins, which... As ridiculous as it is, I love the power of super breath. So, yeah, that it, it removes, I should say, removing those straps sends them back to the past. So they aren't really creatures of myth. They're creatures from the past. So myth would imply they don't really exist. But if you're sending them back to the past, that would imply they're not really a myth. I Mythical, I guess. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> super breath, I love. Like. I don't. I never understand why it's cold. Like I understand he could blow like strong winds, but your breath isn't cold. Why does it freeze things when he when he uses his super breath? Well, it's just that's the way it works, I guess. I'm not knocking super breath. I love it, but <laughs> so this next scene was my favorite scene in the whole episode. We go to the <laughs> we go to Metropolis Airport, and there's Cyrene and the Imp getting off the plane. Imp wearing a suit. Why do they have to use an airplane? They can't fly. I mean, she can't conjure a conjure beam. a griffin and fly. <laughs> fly. It was is there an airport in Thermoskia that they took to fly to Metropolis? And she's all worked up because she had to put on a seatbelt. She's like, yeah, never been so humiliated. Fasten your seatbelt. When I take over the world, no more planes. <laughs> Which then the imp says, I like the peanuts. <laughs> Such a great scene. That is amazing. She sees Superman on the front page of the Daily Bugle. She says she has to destroy him. So he tells DM to go to the Daily Bugle and, uh, Daily Bugle. <laughs> the Daily Planet and go bring me Lois Lane. If he's going to the Daily Bugle, he's probably going to bring, uh, Flash. Well, not Flash Thompson. It doesn't work at the Daily Bugle. I'm making a fool of myself at this point. All right. It was such so an amazing scene. That's why. We go to, uh, the Daily Bugle. Or, oh, my God. <laughs> now I can't say anything but. Planet. We go to the Daily Planet. It's Clark, Jimmy Olsen, and Lois Lane. Clark tells Lois how he's going away for a couple of days, so if she could uh, handle his workload for her. I kind of do miss the Clark's, the, even though he's a great reporter, Lois is always uh, beating him on the scoop, and he always acts like uh, he's not very good at his job. And they all look like classic, classic characters in the show. They do. They, the character design is perfect. 
Lois Lane says, first Superman dumps me, then Clark dumps his work on me. What's next? And then all of a sudden the imp shows up in the uh, <laughs> eating his peanuts, of course. And then uh, <laughs> Jimmy Olsen bafflingly says, oh, I think your prayers have just been answered. <laughs> and he takes off. Well, she says, I think I hear your mother calling you. And Jimmy says, okay, and walks away. The next part I love because the imp throws the jacket over her face. Well, he does offer her a peanut yeah, first. Yeah, he offers her the peanut, but then he throws the jacket over her head and just carries her out of the building. Yep, they jump right out the window. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't know the guy could fly. So then the next scene's a little suspicious. Wonder Woman and Superman are in Superman's apartment. He's showing off all of his uh, Pulitzer Prizes and all the awards, and she's like, impressive. Uh, did you win these? And he said, these are Clark's stories. Like, seems to me like he's really trying to show one woman uh, how good he is, like showing off his trophies. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know that, like, the, you know, the, the, this woman's taking over Paradise Island, and he's there showing his, uh, his trophies <laughs> yeah, off. Why are they even there? <laughs> I don't know. So uh, his super hearing, though, he hears Lois. Uh, she's tied into a chair. They got her trapped, and uh, she tells her to yell louder because she wants Superman here. She's the bait. Uh, she does manage to get loose and tries to escape, and the imp gets in the way, which is in a great scene. She literally throws the imp across the room. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty feisty this episode. And she creates more Cyclops to go chase her. Uh, Superman comes to rescue in the fight. He's getting a bear hug. Uh, he does say that... Uh, they are too strong. Their magic makes them too strong. So the implication is they're actually going with the magical weakness of Superman. Which I'm completely fine with. Like, I just hate when they make Superman look weak for something stupid. You know, just, he's supposed to be powerful, you know, it's, but obviously, you know, the magic. So they do some teamwork where he bounces his heat vision off Wonder Woman's bracelets to blast the Cyclops. Uh, it's a pretty awesome fight scene. They do defeat them, and then Lois Lane... <laughs> escapes down the laundry chute. <laughs> and that's your man like, he's like, ha, not the most noble escape, but at least she's safe. Yeah, I love the little quips he has <laughs> in the show. <laughs> I don't know why Superman doesn't fly her to safety or anything, but he's pretty amused by her crawling down the laundry chute. They're going to blast him with the magic. Uh, the Cyclops actually throws uh, Wonder Woman through a wall at one point where... <laughs> She goes into this restaurant, and the guy's like, hey, babe, want a malt? <laughs> that was a great scene. He gets pulled out of the scene. Yeah, the Cyclops tosses him aside, and he's like, sorry, I didn't know she was with you. <laughs> the guy has sunglasses on. It's amazing. Wonder Woman is, like, kicking the Cyclops' ass all by herself at this point. I got to say, they, uh, other than her fleeing Thermoskia and needing help, they do Wonder Woman a lot of justice. She's pretty awesome on this cartoon. Cyrene does blast her, kind of knocks her out. Superman finally does break free, but then she creates a giant minotaur, like huge, that grabs Superman. And Superman says, great Scott, which I don't know. Does Superman still say that? I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't read too many Superman comics no, these days. No, that's, that's a long overdose. All the good stuff is gone. He says, uh, nice to meeting you. Uh, too bad you can't stay longer. But then the magic is actually too strong. Actually, I'm sorry. Cyrene said that to Superman, <laughs> not the other way around. I'm kind of a bumbling fool this week. Everyone forgive me. It was I such a fun. Enjoying this so much. It was it. such a fun episode. All right. So the magic makes the Minotaur too strong. He can't break him. So he tries to use his heat vision to break the strap. Uh, it doesn't work. So uh, he brings down a phone wire with it. 
Says, hope he's not interrupting any important phone calls. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the. I was like, of course Superman says that. You know, I was worried about others listening to a phone call. For any of you younger viewers, there used to be these things called landlines <laughs> where you needed uh, them to make phone calls. We didn't have cell phones. So he uh, wraps the, uh, the Minotaur with that strap right to a tower. He even says, you can call this taking the bull by the horns. And Superman literally grabs him by the horns and spins him around in a circle, throws him into a building. He uh, punches Superman, who goes flying through a, a building, crashing into a wall. And the woman whose apartment he's in goes to check on him. He even tells her that when he's done, he's going to come back and help her clean the place well, up. See, what a nice guy. And then a great pick, she says to her husband, did you see Superman fly through the apartment? He says, can't wait till halftime, honey. <laughs> That's such another great scene. <laughs> Superman does finally beat the Minotaur. He breaks the thing, sends him back in time or back to the land of myth, whichever you prefer. They do go back to Theramaskia. She's got Wonder Woman captured. She's trying to use her palm to open up the globe of darkness. The imp can't do it. He just can't do it. And Wonder Woman says, could help so hard to find these days. Did you notice that Wonder Woman's arms are tied by just regular pieces of rope? Yeah, that was a little strange. Why can't Wonder Woman just break free? I get, it must be magic rope. But It must be. But Superman easily does it later on, so I don't know. Yeah, that was kind of weird. And I, Cyrene tells Wonder Woman, you stay out of this. And then she says, her other hand, you miserable toad. <laughs> poor me to this poor imp. Who just wanted the peanut. <laughs> you, know, you know who the imp reminds me of? Francis Mackey. Well, I had to bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> You're real uh, hung up on our uh, Conan expert, Francis Mackey. Conan expert? The, as long as he has piercing blue eyes. <laughs> so uh, she says she's going to do it herself. But she isn't strong enough, so she's going to have to use her magic. And then in a moment, the power of the globe of darkness will be mine. Superman shows up just in time. He uh, breaks her free. He's going to try and stop her, but she blasts him. But he actually manages to free Wonder Woman. And they grab his cape, and they like together they tag team and wrap her up in Superman's cape. But don't forget, she made an hourglass. So they disappear. Yeah, so. she says, when the last drop falls, you'll be no more. And then uh, what they say how oh, they got to make it to the cage before that happens. They start fading away, similar to the McFly family in the, in the picture in Back to the Future 1. They have to destroy the hourglass because they can't do it because they're transparent. She tries to use her magic lasso, which the imp catches. And then this, I wasn't sure about that. Did Superman shoot him with the heat vision, or did he shoot the magic lasso that yeah, that burned I, I, the, the imp at that point. I, I, I don't know. I, that's what I was confused of, too. But it, whatever worked. But it melts that poor imp into a ball and he disappears, which made me sad because I really did like that imp. <laughs> she manages to lasso Cyrene. They pull her into the globe. She tells Superman to close the cage, but she'll be trapped if he doesn't. So again, he uses his super breath, knocks her down into the globe, pulls Wonder Woman out. And then they trap her in the giant globe, which isn't the globe of darkness. This is another globe that's used to hold Cyrene prisoner. The original one that she was in that broke apart. Yep. And they finally do destroy the hourglass. Everything goes back to normal. The globe's locked. The Amazons are free. And the queen says that uh, she knew Wonder Woman would be a true guardian. Amazons, they all thank, thank Superman. He says, uh, me and Wonder Woman, we made a great team. 
And then she kisses him on the cheek. See, I told you, he's a stud. <laughs> he is pretty dang swab on this. Uh, we're making jokes, but Superman's pretty awesome on this. He's pretty swab. He leaves, they say, till next time. And in a great moment, Superman says, up, up, and away. I miss those things where they, the little, his little phrases that he, he says. I, just, I do like that they fit Great Scott and Up, Up, and Away both in the episode. That's why I love the, the 50s Superman show, The Adventures of Superman, because still got that classic. Obviously, it was made for the, for the time and everything, but they use the classic sayings. So then we go to this, this segment called The Family Album, which they did these little shorts on most of the cartoons where the reason behind it, I looked into, said they wanted to, for the children watching, show events in every child's life. So this one is actually a birthday party when Clark is a, is a little boy. All his friends are going to come on, and uh, Ma Kent gives him a present, which he uses x-ray vision on. He sees their socks. And they're so uncool, he can't show those in front of his friends. He says, I don't even need any more socks. And she says, stop ruining all the surprises. Avoid peeking. And he says, I'll try, but he does the classic cartoon, crossing the fingers behind the back. <laughs> You do love an old cartoons where you, you couldn't lie unless you crossed the finger. Yes, well, especially with Superman. So this version is, uh, they've done different versions where he didn't develop his powers earlier, but the original version, he was pretty much Superman right from the get-go. So they're going more with the classic Superboy type origin. Um, all his friends show up with gifts. Um, one of the friends says, uh, if you don't like it, I'll just keep it for myself. <laughs> Which I find an odd thing to say at a, at a birthday party. Uh, he was a troublemaker, though. He was. Um, he uses it, and of course, he uh, looks right through it. It's a football. And uh, he even says it, and he's like, how'd you guess? And then uh, Mott Kent says some ridiculous thing about trying not to guess. You might ruin the party. He, uh, he doesn't want to wear the birthday hat. He's got an awesome, like, huge, pointy red <laughs> birthday hat on. Yes, when you're a five-year-old, apparently, or however old who he was, apparently you have to be cool. Ma thinks it's cute, but he doesn't think so. He rips it off, and they start playing keep away, kind of with a hat, but Clark's in on it, so it's not really keep away. Uh, she starts to light the barbecue, having a problem. Uh, damn, Ma can't, can't light a fire, I guess, so he uses his heat vision, gets it going. Then the ladies show up. This does not sit well with Clark's friends. They uh -huh. thought this was going to be a boys-only party. Why is it the old little boys are always against little girls showing up? <laughs> uh, cooties, come on, Apparently. man. Lana Lang is one of them, which I thought was a nice touch that Lana Lang shows up in the cartoon. They even say, who invited you? And Lana Lang's very smug about it. Mark Kent invited us. Obviously, there's some heat and tension there between them. <laughs> They're going to have a, a lot of fun. They are going to play uh, Pin the Tail on the Donkey, which Lana starts, which uh, they trick her. They have her, uh, you know, they do the warmer, colder, and they lead her to accidentally pop a balloon. Which scares Lana, which this kid finds hilarious. <laughs> he is like on the ground laughing at this great prank he pulled. And she falls in the water. Yes. <laughs> Fall in the water. So uh, Clark's going to get his revenge. He does the uh, pin the tail on donkey, but he's obviously using his uh, x-ray vision. And Clark, quote unquote, accidentally pierces the, uh, the water hose, which gets that little prankster wet. Which then breaks down into a big... Uh, Water fight where everyone's getting everybody wet. They come back. Ma Kent can't believe it. Everybody's soaked. What happened? They're playing football. Everybody's soaking wet. And they all just love that party. They end with having such a great time. 
Happy ending. <laughs> Happy ending had by all. And that's how we ended Superman and Wonder Woman versus the Sorceress of Time. Got to say, uh, good times. Good times had by all. I, I thought the episode was, was amazing. It's like classic Superman, and it was really funny, and the characters were, you know, the little imp was amazing. It felt like it went by quick. Like, it, it ended too too soon almost. It, it did. It went by really fast. You know, obviously, I'm a big Superman fan, so I'm going to be biased, but I really enjoyed the cartoon anyway. Animation style was, uh, I think it was like, very Super Friends, but actually, I think approved upon. I think it was uh, Super Friends animation. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really good. The music, like I said, we said before, was great. And until uh, which you own, which I didn't even know until I started my research, uh, they did release this entire series on uh, on DVD or Blu-ray. DVD, yeah. And that came out, uh, I believe, in coinciding with the uh, Superman Returns film. Yeah, there was a ton of stuff that came out during that era, um, and I bought it all. I forgot I had half, half of it. <laughs> but I got to say, I wish this show had ran. Uh, now that I'm watching it, it really make, I'm going to go back and watch the rest of it. And I wish this had ran more than 13 episodes. Yeah, well, it's always the good cartoons that get eliminated for some reason. But on that note, we're going to head right over to our spectrometer. anyone new to the show the spectrometer is when we rank what we just saw zero spectros being absolute garbage four spectros being doesn't get any better mike how many spectros are you going to give superman and wonder woman versus the sorceress of time well i won't be pushed into a different number this time okay i gotta say that <laughs> yeah we uh, la- if you didn't hear mike's last episode we bullied him into uh changing his uh spectrometer last time i mean like I said, I did have to. Re- I had a reason for that, but anyways, regardless of uh, whatever you say, I got to give it a four. I, I, I'm completely biased. I you're going four. I got to go four. It's it was amazing. I love these cartoons. I just can't get it. Out. I I don't like new cartoons. I I prefer the old ones. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna try and go with uh, just ranking it as it is without my love of Superman bias aside. I am gonna go three. I, I loved it. It was fun. It took me back to my childhood. They did Superman and Wonder Woman credit. I love that imp. <laughs> I thought it was enjoyable. I think the only thing I would have changed, I, I probably could have done away with that birthday party short at the end. Uh, I'm really hung up on Wonder Woman's bracelets being blue. I, I, I didn't care for that. Animation was good. But yeah, I'm going three. I, I, I Not perfect, but a real good time. I would definitely recommend it. I wish they would bring that imp back. Uh, he is his own show. The music was great. <laughs> I, would, yeah, I would watch that imp in his own show. The theme song was great. Uh, I Superman is awesome on it. He's the classic Superman I love. Wonder Woman was was good, except for the part where her the Queen made her run like a coward. I don't know what the deal with that was, but I guess they had to find some way to get Superman involved. Well, I guess maybe you know she wanted to make sure she had backup because this woman was powerful. So that's the only thing I can. Just it's a cartoon, you know. So what did you think out there? Did you like it uh, more than me and Mike? Which doesn't seem possible, but if you liked it less, that's great. We can't take that away from you. I want to hear your opinion. Give us your thoughts. Go to my social media and let me know. You can find me at Matt Spectro on Twitter and follow me while you're there. You can also find me on Facebook, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Give me your two thoughts on Superman and Wonder Woman versus the Sorceress of Time. And while you're there, follow and like me. In 2022, a child stumbles across Superman and Wonder Woman versus the Sorceress of Time. Are they going to enjoy it? Not if they're into the new Superman. <laughs> no. 
I would say if they're a Superman fan, they definitely enjoy it. it. It really checks all the right boxes when it comes to handling Superman. If they're not familiar with it, I still think the animation actually isn't that bad. Uh, it's, a, it's a little not quite as good as some of the animation today, but uh, I'm going to say, for the most part, yes, you would enjoy the Superman Ruby Spears 1988 cartoon. How would you rank it up with the Filmation Superman and the Flesher Superman? I I like all of that. I think they're all. I think it's all equal to me. It's obviously the animation's different, and the style, but I mean, all great, all great for me. That's those the past stuff is the best. I all four Superman animated throws. I love all of them. Um, I know they have a new one in the works. I'm hoping uh, that'll be good. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I. Can't say enough about this. This makes me feel good. This makes me forget. This is true escapism right here. This made me forget about anything negative, and this Superman cartoon just really made me happy. Even made Mike happy, and Mike's the most miserable person I know, so that's how good this cartoon is. Really? Because you're the most miserable person I know, so that's weird. Well, I guess two peas in a pod. You know, we're peas and carrots. (laughs) Birds of a feather, if you will. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for joining me. And like I said, if you could follow me on Twitter and Facebook, I'd really appreciate it. Mike, I'd let you plug your Facebook, but like I said, you're you're too hot for it, too cool for social media. That is true. If you could smash the subscribe button on my podcast, I'd appreciate that as well. If you could give me a review, I'd appreciate it. Uh, I won't demand you give me five stars, but I, I really uh, heavily would like it if you'd give me five stars. Helps me out. If you have any opinions or thoughts on the podcast, you'd like certain episodes certain characters, certain cartoons reviewed, please go to my social media. Certain guests you'd like to see. If you'd like to see Mike come back, you can definitely uh, put your two cents in. Mike, I want to thank you for finally finding the time to be on my podcast after blowing me off for almost a year. Um, I don't remember it that way. <laughs> 40, let's just say 40 episodes later. And I'm going to tell you one thing. I can't finish the sayings because I know we're trying to be friendly, but the pleasure is all yours, dot, dot, dot. I mean, I'm sure... Uh, most fans will think Franny Francis Mackey is superior to you as a, as a guest, but Francis Mackey couldn't <laughs> clean my boots with his tongue. Let's just say that. Um, do you have anything to? Uh, I always leave the floor open if anybody has anything to plug. What about you? I got nothing to plug. <laughs> All right. On that Only note- thi- actually, I do have something to plug. One of your former guests. He keeps claiming that he's broke. He has no money for these type of things. He can't watch these things. He can't afford to get apps. He can't afford to buy anything for Christmas. The guy is just plain broke. And every week, he shows us these mysterious toys that show up in the packages. I don't know what it is. I don't know how he does it. All I want to say is, I want to know his secret. When we bring him back. Well, uh, we're going to really drill him and interrogate him. We'll have to ask. I'll, I'll leave it up to the fans to wonder who that is. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank anybody out there who's joining us. I appreciate it. And come back again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Excelsior.